I fully I fully support doing any sort of like insurance fraud, scams, extortion, mm-hmm. whatever you can against <laughs> like Tesla owners. <laughs> but at the same time, you have to be very careful because those things are like loaded with cameras. Mm. And this guy just did like the fakest fall ever <laughs> behind a Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> and uh he got arrested. <laughs> oh, he got arrested for it? Yeah. Come on. Doesn't deserve that. He doesn't free him. But uh, I've seen videos before, too, where people go to, like, key Teslas, and it's like, that's cool. I, I agree with that. But it's like, they have, <laughs> like, so many cameras in them. <laughs> There's a camera. How many cameras are on a t- Tesla? There's one on, like, all the, the door handles? Most likely. That's <laughs> why the door handles, like, don't make sense or whatever. <laughs> What's the porn taxi called? The porn taxi? The Bang Boss? The Bang Boss, <laughs> yeah. The porn taxi? Yeah, get, getting in the Tesla Bang Boss and burning to death. <laughs> <laughs> Sucking one less cock as you turn to ash. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, Andrew Yang is uh, switching parties. No, seriously? Yes. He's, he's creating a new party. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have enough success with the Democrats, so he has to go start the Age of Consent party. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the New York Times posted an op-ed today about why the uh, Texas abortion law is actually good. Oh. <laughs> uh, because it's abortion is a failure of love, justice, and mercy. You've got to be fucking and, Yeah, that wouldn't be that interesting because the New York Times is, of course, a right-wing rag. Except mm. it was written by a lady named Karen Swallow Pryor. <laughs> <laughs> Swallow Pryor. What the fuck is going on with that? Yo. Yeah, that's like... That's a sentence almost. <laughs> that that's like almost a subject and a predicate. That's not the New York Times. That's the old York Times. That is a <laughs> British ass name. Karen Swap. Prior to what? <laughs> Speaking of uh, Texas and uh, laws, they've uh, just passed a law banning uh, the kick the ba- the banning of people off of social media based on no. viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, of course, entirely unenforceable. That's so cool. <laughs> I, they just, like, they issue, like, a warrant for Jack's arrest in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Did uh is did Greg Abbott, like, survive COVID or whatever? He got COVID? Yeah, the he, he like, like, maybe a week ago. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, Greg uh, Abbott gets, like, you know, five vaccines a day. They just it, inject him into his legs. He can walk for a minute it, after getting it. It's the same thing sprints. as... It's the same thing as Christy getting it. Yeah. Yeah, they just put him into, like, the chamber for two weeks, and he comes out <laughs> clean. Exactly. They'll let John <laughs> Prine die, but none of these animals. No. To commemorate the 20th anniversary of the tragic events of 9-11, Coke Zero re- will release a limited run of Coke Ground Zero. <laughs> really? <laughs> Definitely not. Oh. I, I screenshotted this because I was like, oh, my God, is this real? That I read it, I was like, Ugh. I was like, I need it's, to get a bottle of that. It comes with a picture of a Coke Zero can, but with a silhouette of the Twin Towers on <laughs> That's true. We should be out at, like, Walmart scouring for, like, 9-11 memorabilia, 20th anniversary uh, memorabilia mm-hmm. right now. It only comes once. That's true. What's we'll never this? experience the 20th anniversary of 9-11 ever again. You're right. <laughs> Do they ever finish building the new second tower? Yeah, I think so. Isn't it underground now or something? <laughs> they went opposite. Yeah, exactly. I, that'd be cool. Just like the next uh, terrorist plot is like a big mole drill thing. <laughs> From the Incredibles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> New Tower 2. New World Tower 2. It's called the Freedom Tower. No, that's that's so that's Tower 1. There's I thought they were making them both into one tower. No, that would be a real cop out if they were like, we're just gonna make the two towers into one tower. I thought that was. I thought that's what the plan was forever. I no, also thought that's what happened. It's just you know what I mean, like New York. It's like I thought they turned them into a mosque or something. <laughs> 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 no, I remember that from like like 2008, 2009, people being like, don't you think that's so horrible? And I'm like, I'm nine. <laughs> Bush said he had something big planned for the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. It's got to be like a mural. He's painted a mural. Yeah, probably. Hey, he's speaking of 9-11. 
Happy 9-11, guys, right? This is coming out. It's today. Oh, It'll today. Be interesting. Well, <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but I figure Biden and Obama will basically give the exact same speech about, like, the hope of change or something mm-hmm. like that. Biden will stutter over his words a little bit more. It'll be funnier to hear. What will Trump say? Uh, Trump will be announcing a boxing match tonight, <laughs> actually. <laughs> Trump and his son. <laughs> um, so fu- who's fighting? They're uh, doing the entire thing? Yeah, they're doing ringside commentary. <laughs> That's what they got hired for. Let's go. Hired. Man. I wonder how much they're getting paid. A ludicrous amount the, of money. Uh, and that's like, the least important part of this. <laughs> like, holy shit. I just can't wait to see how he treats Don Jr. <laughs> On camera, in front of everyone. He's going to have to be better than he normally is, but... Is he? How much better? Yeah, actually. I think you're totally wrong there, Jr. That's wrong, yeah. <laughs> Just, like, correcting him constantly. Chin up. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. It starts, Junior's clearly been crying. <laughs> <laughs> he has to go get his makeup redone every every commercial break. <laughs> Very fucking cool. Uh, Trump said he wanted to box Biden uh, <laughs> while Trump was b- drumming up support for this boxing match. Totally worked, by the way. I'm going to go s- watch this boxing match. Yeah, that's a classic move. It's got to happen. It's a classic move to be like the president, then call a boxing match, then maybe be the president again. <laughs> like, not off the table. I got to say... Is this the first time in history that a former president has challenged a a sitting president to a boxing match? This has got to be a precedent setter here. They didn't talk about it in hell of presidents at all, but maybe. (laughs) It's really just a duel, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is, I remember a Joe few Biden years ago. Joe Biden doesn't understand and brings a gun. <laughs> it's like when Junior shoots Tony. Uh, <laughs> if Joe Biden shot a gun, the re- the recoil would kill him. His arm would, like, fly. It would <laughs> it would do, like, a full spin around in its socket on his arm and just, like, detach. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think uh, one needs to chase the other, kind of like uh, Wiley Coyote chases the Roadrunner. <laughs> Various Acme. Who's, uh, who's the Roadrunner? I think Joe Biden's probably the Roadrunner. <laughs> meet me, Mac. But uh, I'd say uh, maybe Joe Biden looks in the mirror every morning and he sees Wiley Coyote never uh, quite getting the Roadrunner. <laughs> I I gotta say you're probably right. Joe Biden probably does look in the mor- in the mirror every morning and see Wiley Coyote. <laughs> he looks up and he sees a falling laptop filled with Ukrainian <laughs> yeah. secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, coming yeah. to crush him in his career. <laughs> So I checked our email for the first time, like, uh, I don't know, since we made an email for the podcast, uh, and we've gotten at least a half dozen people just sending us random phishing link shit, (laughs) (laughs) clearly trying to steal my credit card. Um, Jintaras Vitkus says, Boomer Death Squad, instead of self-introduction, let me introduce a website we built for your show. Boomer Death Squad. <laughs> See you in an action here. <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I clicked uh, here there. It's like snuff films of old people. Yeah. Here are a few recent websites we built for our clients. Whyihelppodcast.com. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm on board. Now I'm going to check out that website. Thank God we're finally getting help. <laughs> We've been asking for help. Yeah. Uh, you see Jason Miller was detained in Brazil. Jason... I- uh, the Trump like national security advisor, he kind of looked like a uh, like a rounder Alex Jones <laughs> okay. type. Okay, uh, he got detained for doing anti democratic activity in Brazil after going to Brazilian CPAC. <laughs> <laughs> okay. These guys will really speak anywhere. You got to give the Trump people credit for that. That rocks. Yeah. Brazilian CPAC. He, <laughs> he can't speak Portuguese. <laughs> he doesn't care. What do they speak in Brazil? Spanish, probably. That's why they thought he was a spy. (laughs) Oh, and did you guys see the uh, picture of 
of Trump Jack Posobiec posted the other night. It was clearly airbrushed, but he was like, <laughs> how does he keep getting younger? <laughs> it's like fully smooth Trump. It looks like he went through the Marvel de-aging machine. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> biggest, then, biggest simp. And then he has now posted a printed out picture of his tweet that says, thank you, you look great too. Keep up the great work, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> Donald Trump printed out his tweet, signed it, and sent it to him. Let's go. And, and Jack is going to frame that and like contribute <laughs> it. And, like... Let's fucking go, boys. That's so awesome. Jack, probe my thick ass. <laughs> This is Jack Posobiec's personal (laughs) (laughs) 9-11. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton denies setting zebras free in D.C. suburbs. My (laughs) alibi is solid, said the Democratic lawmaker. (laughs) I hope the owners find the zebras and that all involved live long, full lives. (laughs) (laughs) What's their evidence against her that they think a congresswoman let their zebras loose? (laughs) She's a Democratic congresswoman in oh. North Carolina. No, you got that. No, you're right. <laughs> a member of the public accused her of letting the zebras free by pointing out that she has historically valued the principle of consent of the governed or the philosophy <laughs> <laughs> that a government's right to use state power is justified only when consented to by the people or society. Like libertarian dick sucking yeah. going on right now. That guy should run for Congress in North Carolina. Yeah, I'm literally <laughs> right. I, I thought I was. I was kidding. <laughs> I'm literally right. It's her fault because she's a Democrat. Dem- yeah. That's <laughs> so cool. I agree. <laughs> Did you see Ilan Omar like briefly retweeted a Sean McCarthy tweet? That's fucking great. Yeah, it was so fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> just imagining the response in like the Ilhan Slack chat, just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> What's crazy is uh, I'm seeing like in like the the you know the build up to the 9/11 like the fear mongering the do you remember this and mm-hmm. that some like some like news outlets are still like trying to milk the when she said like some people did something which is wow. wh- which is what happened which is what happened some people did something that's <laughs> it's, it's like that's we're li- talking about nouns here yeah literally that's literally <laughs> like. Some Johns did some John. She didn't say vicious terrorist did a <laughs> an egregious horrendous mm-hmm. act, but whatever. Yeah, some people are still milking that as like the Democrats don't care about nine eleven. Yeah, that's a classic. That they're never gonna let uh, let her live that down, and also they're never gonna let her live down the fact that she uh, you know wears a hijab. No, of course not. <laughs> Remember. Karen Swallow Pryor. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Someone found another thing she was involved in, and it's a YouTube video called What She Learned After Being Hit by a Bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that Cartoon Network show where the kid gets hit by a train and they give him, like, Walt Disney's brain or whatever. <laughs> that, that happened to you, and that's why you keep looking up all the old Walt Disney Nazi cartoons and showing them to me and Danny. Yeah. Like, see? See? <laughs> <laughs> no, they gave me Dr. Seuss's brain and I can't stop thinking about the onceler. <laughs> if, if you guys or the audience remember uh, when I was talking about Clear Channel like uh, yeah, maybe an episode or two ago on Twitter I was reading today and I found out about the Clear Channel memorandum which was <laughs> an entire list of songs that uh, they said could not be played on the radio after 9-11. <laughs> Uh, either either nice. because they were like too jovial, they were too happy, and they mm-hmm. said it didn't fit the theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the songs included lines about like flying or falling or planes <laughs> or war. Wait, did Tom Petty get owned? Yes, he did get owned. <laughs> That's so fucking awesome. Yeah, we have uh, ACDC, Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of ACDCs, ACDC band. Yeah. Um, this is a Tipper Gore wet dream right here. Oh my god, absolutely. <laughs> Louis Armstrong, what a wonderful world. Oh yeah, that's a that's a uh Tipper Gore wet dream Not right after there. Banning Louis Armstrong from the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Beastie Boys, sabotage. <laughs> oh that, that's an interesting yeah, one. <laughs> ooh. Third eye there. <laughs> Pat Benatar, hit me with your best shot. There's like there's like <laughs> a lot there's a lot of songs on here. That's awesome. But uh just there's a Green Day Brain Stew. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that makes you think about 9-11. <laughs> That's awesome.
Uh, every song by Rage Against the Machine was banned <laughs> on any clear channel radio station, Sick. which, as we've previous previously said, is like 75% of them or something uh, <laughs> post 9-11. Epic Games has won its jihad against Apple. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, brother. A judge ruled that Apple uh, could no longer take every other dollar from app developers <laughs> or whatever their ridiculous pricing scheme was before. I'll correct you there. Not judge. Allah. Did Epic yeah. Games, uh, they weren't making enough money from like five-year-olds stealing their parents' <laughs> credit card or whatever? Well, they were giving skins. too high of a percentage of it to Apple. Was, uh. <laughs> <laughs> was the general, that's like, that was my favorite lawsuit. Because Epic Games is a horrific company that just like eats games and like tears mm. them apart and molds them. And just makes things that look yeah. horrible. Yeah, just like, you know. Fortnite itself was originally, uh, what? Like, co-op zombie, zombie game, yeah. survival game, and yeah. they just keep changing it to whatever made the most mm -hmm. money. All right, well, <clears throat> you guys want to uh, start here? Let's let's ring it in. Welcome back to Boomer Death Squad, the number one leftist podcast dancing on the roofs of Jersey City. <laughs> I am your host. <laughs> Joey Christie? Sure. sure. That's Jersey. <laughs> I'm uh, Muhammad Danny Atta. How's that? <laughs> That's something. <laughs> And I'm only here to observe, I swear. <laughs> it's the other ones you need to worry about. They did it. I'm not here to do it. I'm just here to watch. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. <clears throat> On this beautiful 9-11 uh, Saturday morning uh, for you people, of course we're going we're gonna to talk about the 20th anniversary. But first, we're going to start it off with something a little bit more lighthearted. Right, boys? Yeah, let's talk dessert. Let's talk, let's talk dessert, fellas. <laughs> uh, we've got a Wayne Dupree article. War Room host just turned Joe's love of, quote, ice cream on its ear with interesting, quote, medical info. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's made from the milk of man from Fallout yeah, yeah. that give him yeah, intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Missy Crane 100% does not understand what quotation marks mean. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, like frivolous use of quotation <laughs> marks. No uh, well, this is interesting, given Joe's very odd obsession with ice cream, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> so she's hinting at a little bit something there, folks. Um, so this is, of course, by Missy Crane in Wayne Dupree, and it starts out here. Joe Biden loves ice cream. We all know this because it seems to be of the only things that he's that he's actually good at. <laughs> licking an ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just like a Danny McBride sentence. <laughs> yes, exactly. No, literally, like, I think I know what you're really trying to get out there, Missy. <laughs> he's licking an ice cream cone. Wow. Pretty, well, yeah. you didn't get that shit in a bowl, bro. <laughs> pretty G-A-Y. Mm-hmm. And the press eats up Joe's love affair with ice cream. They can't get enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I love her double entendres. She goes so hard with that. The press eats up Joe's, you know what I mean? The yeah. press is so mad at Joe Biden for not uh, declaring war in Afghanistan for a thousand years and becoming Joe of Arabia or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you could, you could conquer it. We... Just do it, Joe. Go there, please. <laughs> yeah, they just put out articles that were like, uh, shut up about Bo Biden. He's a bitch, and I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely going to put out articles now that are like, ice cream, it's gay, and so <laughs> is Biden. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you say that, Joe, because Missy goes in the complete opposite direction. Uh, she says, forget asking tough questions about the economy, the border, or Afghanistan. America wants to know what flavor Joe Biden is lapping up today. <laughs> I, if there was a Joe Biden's ice cream post, it would be a standing section in this show. Uh, <laughs> you're definitely right, though. The ice cream hit piece is coming soon, and they're going to talk about like the implications of consuming that much ice cream <laughs> yeah, and yeah, what yeah, it yeah. does for climate change. No, exactly, like exactly. <laughs> It's like, is Joe Biden creating a bigger hole in the ozone layer? Yeah. Uh, so now uh, we get to the the caveat of every single Wayne Dupree article, which is that it is based entirely on a bunch of tweets. <laughs> so <laughs> Missy includes some screenshots here. Um, the first one, you know, sh she's like, the media is currently, they'll only talk to Biden about ice cream and not, not, won't bring up anything about Afghanistan. And then she 
proves this by citing a tweet from October of 2020 <laughs> during the, the election. Uh, <laughs> the quote is, Mr. The, the media says, Mr. President, what did you order? President Biden, chocolate, chocolate chip. Crowd, ooh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they all made a little chocolate, chocolate chip in their pants when they heard that. Uh, that's so I cool. Mean, it's really. Uh, this is this is a tweet from the Washington Examiner. <laughs> so I mean, it's really cool. I gotta say, but it doesn't exactly hold up. Uh, her. <laughs> <laughs> her uh, theory. Uh, ver- yeah, from uh, a year ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, she goes on here. Basically, every time Joe Biden has ice cream, our media thinks it's a newsworthy event. <laughs> oh. So now she th- she links three more Joe ice cream tweets from, oh, I think there's one from 21, one from 2020, and one from 2019. Uh, <laughs> this is a Joe Biden quote from one of these tweets. It's never too old for ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> that that sounds a like a Joe moment. Biden quote. <laughs> yeah. It's never too cold for ice cream. Never too dark for sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe on the campaign trail. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a sturdy guy. He can, doesn't need to see and he doesn't need to be warm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she goes on here. But is this more than just a normal person who enjoys a scoop of ice cream from time to time? <laughs> Yes, it appears to be much different than that. So now we're going to get into what Misty's really trying to uh, put across with this article. Critical cream theory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, CCT. (laughs) As a matter of fact, back in 2019 during the campaign, Huffington Post actually said that uh, Joe Biden's need for ice cream felt like (laughs) (laughs) self-care. Oh, my God. (laughs) Gotta drink drink water, Mac. Gotta... Gotta, gotta do face masks. <laughs> Bill Clinton's need for human flesh was actually in pursuit of uh, yeah. wokeness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, uh, it, it of course, they break in with advertisements every couple of sentences on this website. This is a new one that I haven't seen before. It says, follow us on Clout Hub. <laughs> <laughs> Clout Hub? Are you kidding me? Some new version of Twitter that will soon be conquered by the Taliban, <laughs> like all the conservative <laughs> social media sites. Yeah. Missy Crane fit checks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, former Vice President Joe Biden's team said the candidate frequently stops along the campaign trail to get ice cream, which appeared to them to be a form of self-care. <laughs> <laughs> I think th- that's that's a that's from the Huffington Post. It'd be really funny if Missy Crane was referring to Biden as former Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> uh, reportedly, minutes into the Iowa State Fear. State Fair last week, Biden was spotted getting himself an ice cream, <laughs> which is <laughs> awesome. Uh, so Missy's, uh, Missy goes on here after that uh, Huffington Post quote. So what's really going on with Joe Biden and this bizarre and growing obsession with ice cream? <laughs> growing obsession. <laughs> growing obsession. <laughs> bizarre. I just, I just can't put down the cone, Mac. <laughs> there was a time back then where like Democrats did feel like uh, ice cream was like a great equalizer or whatever. Yeah. Remember Nancy Pelosi gave that tour of like her <laughs> evil ice cream crypt? <laughs> yeah. She had like. She had like two thirty-five thousand dollar freezers full of artisanal ice cream. <laughs> at least, God. at least five thousand dollars of ice cream in each freezer. <laughs> Very cool. Like, um, I mean, most of us like ice cream. It's a delicious and creamy sweet treat, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not something most of us eat for self-care. She puts self-care in quotes here. <laughs> uh, and that brings me to an interesting point that I saw room a war room host make about Biden and his obsessive love of ice cream. <laughs> uh, Rahim Kassam. Uh, I'm not sure who that is. War Room host. What's War Room? Uh, is that I, it, the Steve Bannon podcast? Yeah, I think it's adjacent. If not literally that, it's, I think it is that. It's or it's like in his offshoot podcast. Yeah, it's, it's like pretty much the same. The thing. Howard Stern post show that everyone's <laughs> on, but Howard. Uh, Rahim Kassam found something interesting on the internet that links ice cream to dementia, and he posted it with a CC for Joe. <laughs> Yes, so, I've carbon copied the president. <laughs> Wait, what what the fuck did that article say? Ice cream causes dementia, or if you have dementia, you like oh, ice cream? We're going to get a little bit into this article. <laughs> Don't worry here, brother. This is a Believe Science episode <laughs> of the podcast. So, f- for the proof here, she links a tweet of Rahim Kassam. He just tweets a, a screenshot of him Googling ice cream dementia, and then he added Joe Biden. <laughs> 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 that, 
<laughs> this that's is a call cool. out. That's folks. where Missy. Okay. So then she goes on. Here's even more info from Alzheimer's.org. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ice cream brings people with dementia to happier, warmer times when the treat was shared with friends and loved ones at special, joyous occasions. It erases all the negative feelings related to the frustration and continues to stimulate pleasure receptors in the brain with every new scoop. <laughs> ice cream makes people happy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> this doesn't sound like something that would be on a medical website, like the way it's written. Well, maybe it's well. It is abbreviated, ALZ.org. <laughs> maybe this is not exactly what I think it this is. This is like a Alzheimer's is caused by vaccines website. <laughs> right. Um, it goes on, and dementia. Here's the best part: allows one to fully enjoy the treat with no concerns for calories, weight gain, or dietary needs. <laughs> <laughs> Completely guilt-free. I, that, there's no way. There's no way that this is like a, an Alzheimer's site, and they put that there. Like, <laughs> you'll forget about how fat it's making you. <laughs> By like, the way. Come on. <laughs> I cut out about half of this. Missy Green uh, copy and pasted from owls.org this, like, I don't know. 1,000 word paragraph about ice cream. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's like a sweetie sweet delectable goodie cup. <laughs> yeah. Makes you feel nicey nice inside your soul mm-hmm. or whatever. Like they they really fluff it out. <laughs> yeah, this is what we have instead of healthcare. Yes. No, ex- exactly. <laughs> we have alzheimer.org posts that are like give them some ice cream. They'll be happy. If you are caring for a loved one with dementia, find out what flavor is their absolute favorite and never run out of ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> this is how you deal with dementia, folks. This is how you treat it in the United States. Emphasis on treat. Ice cream is an essential part of your dementia care toolkit, like a Swiss Army knife that's invaluable for many occasions. <laughs> and that's how that ends. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm very curious, but probably not going to look into the legitimacy of ALZ.org. <laughs> I don't really care to. Hopefully Missy did, and we don't have to. Yeah, maybe it's entirely real, and they just let a baby write this paragraph. <laughs> uh, so, she finishes it up here. Obviously, I am not a doctor, and we don't have any official proof that Joe Biden has dementia, other than the alarming dementia-like behavior we all witness every <laughs> single day. Nevertheless, it's an interesting nugget of information. <laughs> 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 so, like the the true, you know, unbiased journalist she is, she leaves it up to interpretation. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you think is fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She kind of ends every single article she writes like that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She, 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 like, she, like, stands on top of the bar and does, like, an impassioned speech, and then she's like, but who knows? <laughs> I love Wayne Dupree, because this is true conservative media. It's just, like, a couple of tweets that they see and, like, the internal monologues surrounding them typed <laughs> out <laughs> into a thing. Yeah. It includes links to the tweets. It's, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's uh, Yeah, it's a very valuable resource. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they've been uh, fine partners in this podcast. They really have. And if they knew that how fine a partners they were, we'd probably get hit with a libel suit. <laughs> how? There's no way they could hit us with a libel suit. Come on. You're right. We have parody non-actionable in the bio. So <laughs> yeah, you're right. Our parody non-actionable <laughs> functions like their scare quotes around every other <laughs> word a British, like, you know, ooh, leak the other day that was like, Tony Blair was shocked when uh, George Bush said, let's invade Iraq three <laughs> days after 9-11. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was. Yeah, yeah exactly. He was very <laughs> shocked, and then he got over it very quickly, and then <laughs> yeah. invaded Iraq with yeah. George Bush. Yeah, we don't, we don't tell the British folks. We found this out now. We don't <laughs> tell them until we have it kind of rolling, mm-hmm. but they get on board because they have to. All right, so... Speaking of, you know, Bush, 9-11, we're in, of course, we're in the topical half of the episode, folks. <laughs> and what 
bigger topic <laughs> than <laughs> you just said bigger and I ex- I imagined the explosion. <laughs> it was like a very visual thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like more of like a <laughs> <laughs> It's it's in the back of the throat. It's like you're an acting teacher and you're like <laughs> you're kind of like kind of flowy and you're like no you have to be the plan. <laughs> All right. So uh, we've got an article. I believe Joe, you said it's making its rounds on Twitter right now. Uh, it's got. We got an article in Spiked. dot uh, com. Spiked dash online. dot com. Terrible URL. Yeah, Let's get that right out of the be? way. Where else would it be? This is. <laughs> I know nothing else about this magazine. It clearly exists just to get hate clicks. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so it, it's it's an article titled "When the Politics of Victimhood Turned Violent." Nine Eleven was an act of apocalyptic identitarianism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the Osama bin Laden was woke, actually, and yes. voted for Bernie Sanders argument. Yes. Let's get into it, baby. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's by Brendan O'Neill, who is apparently the editor of this fucking uh, website. I thought that we'd read him before, because he's got one of those super generic, fucking stupid, like, hand-drawn... Uh, like, making you look distorted avatars. Yeah, one of those, like, pencil, black and white, fucking author pictures. It looks so fuck. He's got a huge forehead. He's like a New Yorker author. Yeah, exactly. It looks That's what like, it looks like. Exactly. It, it, like, it makes him look like he has, like, hydro, cele- like, the water on the brain <laughs> thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like he's the quiz boy. The, yeah. yeah, the way he's been drawn in this picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so he starts out here. 20 years on from 9-11, Osama bin Laden is still viewed as the ultimate evil outsider. <laughs> the four- <laughs> No, it's Christian Slater's character in Heathers. <laughs> <laughs> the foreign enemy who brought death and destruction to America. The implacable foe of the West and of modernity more broadly. The <laughs> enemy of modernity. <laughs> I, he is overestimating Osama bin Laden's shelf life. Hold him against like Thanos for these same, oh, same questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The footage of him in modest dress and humble surroundings in some holdout in Afghanistan, belying his Saudi origins and his vast wealth, contrasts with the gleaming opulence and swagger of the city he sent his men so savagely to attack on 11 September 2001. Writing the date like a fucking British person. Yeah, (laughs) he's a rich guy, and uh, he did 9-11 by himself from that cave because he was jealous. (laughs) Yeah. And yet, the truth about Bin Laden and about 9-11 itself has always been more complicated than this. <laughs> He's got that right. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Uh... In many ways, Bin Laden was as much a product of the West, and in particular of its politics of grievance, as he was its most feared terroristic enemy. (laughs) (laughs) Product of the West, all right. His reign of terror can be seen as a violent manifestation of what has since come to be known as wokeness. (laughs) (laughs) So he leads you on there where he's like, you know, maybe American imperialism did spawn this, you know, uh, death drive need to destroy our horrible country. Actually, folks, <laughs> it's political correctness. Yeah. <laughs> on the anniversary of 9-11, it is worth reflecting, for the millionth time, no doubt, <laughs> on just how unusual this act of barbarism was. Uh, yeah, I- I'm going to go ahead and call bullshit right there. Like, the World Trade Center was already attacked once by, like, basically who they attribute to Al-Qaeda. It's not that unusual. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> Planes have flown into buildings in New York before this. There's an X-Men episode from, like, 1994 where the villain flies an invisible plane into the World Trade Center. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? True, yes. I gotta bring this back to a very old bit of ours. Jeffrey Epstein's invisible super, uh, Wonder Woman plane. Oh, yes, very good. Very excellent. <laughs> the invisible Lolita Express. <laughs> um... Despite a rush of commentators in 2001 shamelessly claiming that the attack on the Twin Towers and the Pentagon was violent payback for America's geopolitical crimes. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that was such a commonplace uh, take. Yeah, it wasn't blood and iron. Yeah. Yeah, Not that they weren't executing anyone who would say that on TV. (laughs) (laughs) 
an apocalyptic revolt against its unabashed national egotism and arrogance, in the words of then-Guardian writer Seamus Milne, (laughs) which this guy wrote a pretty good book on Thatcher owning the miners. And he's a fellow Irishman, so I gotta give a shout-out to Seamus Milne. (laughs) In reality, 9-11 lacked any of the tangible statements or sentiments of traditional forms of (laughs) anti-Western (laughs) terrorism. There were no demands, no list of complaints, no requests to release certain prisoners or to remove Western armies from certain countries. Oh, wow, it's almost like that's uh, Western terrorism on the Middle East. It's the same way that plays out. It's almost like uh, the West planned it and did it to themselves. (laughs) That's why it didn't carry these traditional marks of whatever they're trying to claim. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the only audible statement made by an Al-Qaeda operative on 9-11 itself was, quote, we have some planes. (laughs) 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 I didn't know that. that, That's a flex. He played it like coy. (laughs) Those words were uttered by Mohammed Atta, the chief hijacker to to air control chiefs, shortly before he crashed American Airlines Flight 11 in the North Tower of the World Trade Center. We have some planes. That was it. (laughs) There was no information as to why they had those planes, why they crashed them into the certain targets, and what it was for. What is he expecting to be, a fucking Bond villain? Yeah, (laughs) Explain the evil plan? Yes, exactly. I've taken the plane. He was was petting his uh, Afghani cat. (laughs) No, and this just proves Alan Moore right once again. You think I would tell you my evil plan? I did it 30 minutes ago. (laughs) That was Muhammad Otto when he said, we've got some planes. (laughs) Exactly. Indeed, bin Laden initially disavowed responsibility for 9-11. Two weeks after the attack on 28th September 2001, why is is this a British guy? Why is he writing the dates like this? Must be. Fuck him. <laughs> like what? all conservatives, he's been kicked out of the country for pederasty, and now he has to live in one of the <laughs> European states. Right. What's his name? Rimjob Toenail? <laughs> I don't even remember what his name is. He lives in that Italian castle Steve Bannon bought. Brendan O'Neill. Uh, I was close. <laughs> you were pretty close. Oh, no. <laughs> Wow, yeah, he's a Brexit guy. We were right. (laughs) And his head is that big. (laughs) Uh, All right, so folks, with that knowledge, let's continue on here. Two weeks after the attack on 28th September 2001, he made statements suggesting that America had attacked itself. This was proof of how keenly he was following the fallout and, in particular, the rise of conspiracy theories claiming that the Bush administration masterminded the 9-11 spectacle as a way of justifying a cranking up of the American war machine. Bin Laden was just super online. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, yeah, exactly. We're saying that George Bush did it on purpose with a button. He pressed the 9-11 button. We're not just saying they were like, oh, this will be convenient. (laughs) 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 Maybe this terrorist attack was carried out by persons who want to make the present century as a century of conflict between Islam and Christianity, he said. It wasn't me. It was a government within the government in the United States, he claimed. (laughs) (laughs) He's a secret president. (laughs) Don't tell secret president. (laughs) Of course, he later spoke more openly about his role in (laughs) 9-11. But this early performance of non-responsibility, alongside the striking dearth of uh, treatises, treatises... Treatises? Whatever. I think it's treatises. Who cares? Or explanations confirmed how new 9-11 was, how distinct it was from the realpolitik era that preceded it. It lacked ownership. It lacked reason. So this is where he really starts. This is the foundation of the point he's about to start making. He's saying terrorists these days, they don't buck up. They don't take ownership. (laughs) This was something new. It was distinct both from Arab terrorism in the 1970s and 80s, which was tied to Arab interests, and from the various forms of political Islam in the late 20th century. So where the Islamic revolution in Iran from 1979 onwards represented an Islamicization of social interests, an Islamic form given to a political and civil society. Oh my god, it's so fucking tired. I hate British journalism so much. No, absolutely. It always ends with they want to go back over there with their muskets yes. and their red coats exactly. and civilize. Uh. Uh, 9-11 and subsequent acts of Islamist nihilism have lacked any kind of social or political component. Islamic nihilism. Yep. yep. It'd be so cool if it, they like all the propaganda wasn't against Islamic terrorism. It was against Islamic nihilism. <laughs> yeah, like, come it's on. that come one on. word <laughs> switch. Come on, cheer up, guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
George Bush is on TV publicly rebuking Sartre and shit, <laughs> just like <laughs> arguing against the yeah. concepts. <laughs> yeah. You you need to you, you need to there there is a purpose. Guy guy fella, <laughs> you know it's, it's it's the one thing after the other. Him and Biden kind of have similar like speech patterns almost. Who? Uh, George W. Bush and Joe Biden. Or maybe my impression of them is just the same. <laughs> uh, Al-Qaeda violence was fundamentally symbolic in Dev Devji's words. I don't know who that is. Whatever. It was about effects rather than political interventions. And one of those effects appears clearly to have been the expression of grievance, the use of violence to state and perform a sense of woundedness, of victimization. And what's it called when we invade just every country after that? What is the invasion of Iraq other than self-victimization? Yeah, we're like, oh no, they made <laughs> us do this. Yeah. Stop. We're just like, you know, mowing down hospitals and doing like no Russian in pre-schools all across the country. Call we're of like, duty stop making us do this. Call of Duty literally gaslit the American public about the highway of death. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, the Russians like, did it on. instead. You, like, get in trouble if you <laughs> criticize George Bush's, like, crusade through yeah. Iraq. Like, your career is over. Your family hates you or whatever. It is tempting to continue viewing al-Qaeda as the supreme alien force with its execution of one of the worst acts of violence of modern times. But if we are honest with ourselves, we will admit that its replacement of the politics of needs with the violence of moral sentiments does not feel a million miles away from the cultures of complaint and self-regard that have emerged in the West and have come to be globalized in recent decades. <laughs> Worst act of violence of all time. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Come on. Holy shit. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? Like, in comparison to then what we went over and Yeah, we did, only killed a, what, a half million children. It was like 800,000, like... Like, just how many people died in Manhattan from smallpox blankets? Holy <laughs> shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but this one matters. It was us. It was the mm -hmm. good people. It was the good guys. Yeah. It was yeah. our financial center. Yeah, exactly, exactly. There's some article that came out today that was like... Let, let me find it. Here it is. Generation 911. <laughs> following parents they lost onto Wall Street. Oh, my. Children of God. those killed on September 11th are continuing their parents' legacies in the world of finance, some in the very same investment firm. This is specifically the first episode of Billions. I was about to say <laughs> shout out Billions, new season coming out, baby, let's go. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the whole plot of that show is he, like, defront defunded their pension to like make all of his money or something. <laughs> the the guy absolute, Bobby Axelrod absolutely had insider information for 9-11. <laughs> yes, that is literally the plot <laughs> of Billions. Um, uh, okay. <clears throat> and then, you know, his bullshit where he goes on about the violence of moral sentiments does not feel a million miles away from home with the fucking wokeness where, like, you know, gender shit. This yeah. is what he's comparing this to. <laughs> yeah. Versus in the early 2000s when we changed the name of French Fries because we were <laughs> upset that the French wouldn't come play war. Yep. Uh, Al-Qaeda and Bin Laden in particular were keen followers of the fads and thinking of Western opinion formers, particularly radical and liberal ones. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, Bin Laden's speeches were peppered with the thoughts of Islamist ideologues and Muslim Brotherhood leaders. <laughs> it would be cool if there were just videos of Osama Bin Laden, like, endorsing Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but these seemingly religious declarations sat oddly alongside quotations from Robert Fisk and Noam Chomsky. <laughs> a feverish embrace of Western com conspiracy theories, concerns about climate change, and a bristling against big media and blood-sucking corporations, both of those being in, like, scare quotes. So what he's saying basically... In a basically, Missy Crane-esque writing. Yeah. Move. What he's saying here is if you read Chomsky, if you uh, believe that corporations are bad, uh, if you believe that the media is a cabal, then you're the same as Osama bin Laden. <laughs> That's true. I read Noam Chomsky and I immediately bought a hijab. <laughs> then he reported me to uh, his CIA handlers and then I got <laughs> shot like Pat Tillman. <laughs> Look in the mirror. What do I see? Osama bin Laden staring back at me. <laughs> 
Uh, Bin Laden was an ideological magpie, always seeking the on-trend woke concern <laughs> through which his desire to manifest his intensely personal feelings, to give voice or violence to his movement's, movement's culture of grievance, might be most aptly and impactfully expressed. I... It's so hard to read this. He was a hype beast influencer type that's making my son gay. <laughs> yeah. he, he, he was Sean King. He was uh, <laughs> taking clout from the, the movement. <laughs> Osama Bin Laden had a box logo way before anyone, back in like 95. Oh, yeah. He had like the first box logo. <laughs> he was. They were actually, they were going to open a Supreme store in, uh, in Saudi Arabia for him. <laughs> Um, at times, he sounded indistinguishable from Michael Moore, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, the war in Iraq is, quote, making billions of dollars for the big corporations, he said. <laughs> like, this yeah, is, it's like, true. Uh, the vice president owned Halliburton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he spoke in a self-consciously therapeutic style. I'm just imagining Flanders' parents. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Uh, even on manifestly political issues like Palestine. So in 2004, he spoke of the need to raise awareness about the justice of our causes, primarily Palestine. Bizarrely, he implored the scholars, media, and businessmen of Europe to assist in the raising of awareness. <laughs> uh, awesome. Classic woke move, raise awareness. <laughs> it's uh, like he's a celebrity activist. Yeah, classic rich guy stuff. <laughs> yes, exactly. He's <laughs> the scholars of Europe. Yeah. I need to go call, like... The Croatian duke who killed 100,000 <laughs> Serbian children 10 years ago and get him to join me in my crusade. <laughs> uh, most notable was his fascination with Western environmentalism. Uh, at times he sounded like an aging hippie. <laughs> I can't believe this. It's the Simpsons episode. It's say, uh, the screaming caterpillar. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a Schwarzwelder classic right Oh, there. yeah. And I mean, honestly, I mean, famously, after 9-11, the biggest target of the FBI was uh, whatever, Extinction Rebellion or whatever, right? <laughs> Not, well, Extinction Rebellion was started by the FBI around that time. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, eco-terrorists, animal eco rights activists, And interestingly, like that. famous CIA agent Tim Osman <laughs> is big environmentalist. <laughs> he said, if you follow my train of thought here. If you guys have followed the spy cops thing in Britain at all, that's where, like, yeah, yeah around this time, British authorities started sending police into deep cover to, like, sleep with activists and have children with them and build a life with them yeah, to right. deep spy and then just disappear one day when mm -hmm. your mission is recalled. It's incredible. Imagine what Americans were doing. Yeah, that's why we couldn't find Bin Laden, because he was doing that. He yes. was an undercover Bobby. <laughs> he was in love with a lady in Oklahoma. Uh, his plea to Americans to save humanity from the horrible gases that threatened that threatened its destiny would not sound out of place at an Extinction Rebellion gathering. <laughs> Bin Laden's eco-commentary was testament to the extent to which his worldview was shaped as much by the Western ideas swirling around in the globalized networks that Al-Qaeda was inhabited as it was by classical forms of Islamic fundamentalism. I, f I again, I'm going to say this again. You use too many fucking words, and it's confusing. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to follow, motherfucker. It's, it's kind of moronic to say that like being worried about climate change is an innately Western idea when the Middle East is the, the area that's going to be like fucking hit the hardest first. Right. Like uninhabitable. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's a strictly Western concern to be worried about climate change. Yeah, all these people who are living in temperatures that already border on uninhabitable every single day yeah. they have no concern of it yeah. the people in burma that are like you know washing away every day they have no concern of it yeah and the saudi royal family will just you know get a government uh supplied apartment building in fucking miami or whatever once <laughs> saudi arabia is just perpetually on fire yeah saudi arabia is no longer a country but it's just like a collection of independent <laughs> apartments throughout <laughs> new york city <laughs> Full of like falcons and tigers. Now they're the tigers. biggest landlords in the country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they own a casino chains, <laughs> golden Mercedes. They and bought shit. out steam. <laughs> Gavin is now uh, a Saudi. He married one of the girls. They price everyone out of Brooklyn. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
In 2002, Osama reprimanded the U.S. for having destroyed nature with your industrial waste and gases more than any other nation in history. Hilariously, he upbraided President George W. Bush for refusing to sign the Kyoto Agreement. Uh, there is something undeniably surreal about a mass murderer outlaw lecturing Western leaders for failing to adhere to global treaties drawn up by the UN. A mass murdering outlaw lecturing people? I'm going to go ahead and throw that one at George Bush. I'm going to be completely honest here. Yeah, he was wearing he was wearing a black cowboy hat. He was wearing he was he was, yeah. he was like there's only room for one of us in this this town. That famous George Bush now watch this drive quote, but he's just beating a homeless man to death. <laughs> right. God. Now watch this draw. In 2007, he said, all of mankind is in danger because of the global warming resulting to a large degree from the emissions of the factories of the major corporations. Guardian reader much? (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Just like, you know, one brand of insane British person paid by Rupert Murdoch yelling at a different brand of insane (laughs) British person paid by Rupert Murdoch. Yep, exactly that. I think we need to get him a subscription to the (laughs) Telegram. Then in 2009, to mark the election of Barack Obama, he essentially implored us all to join Greenpeace. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, the world should put its efforts into attempting to reduce the releases of gases, he nagged. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This guy's point is literally that global warming is the agenda of terrorists. (laughs) (laughs) Global warming is jihad. Or alternatively, uh, a Western liberal uh, talking point. Which, uh, in ways, it is, but uh, concern of it is, uh, you know, is not. Mm-hmm. Bin Laden's XR-style declarations, meaning Extinction Rebellion, <laughs> Bin Laden's XR-style declarations, his imbibing of woke fears for the future of the planet uh, initially appeared incongruous. He kills thousands of people and then worries about the deaths of thousands of people in a future climate catastrophe? Billions. uh, Yeah. (laughs) And yet the fact that Al-Qaeda was an environmentalist outfit as well as an Islamist one actually makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) That's really cool, because that really makes me think of the Fremen in Dune. In terms of content, the temptation of the green outlook to Bin Laden seems clearly to have lied in what environmentalism fundamentally facilitates, an expression of disdain for contemporary society, especially industrialized society. They're just jealous. They just hate us because they ain't us. (laughs) But it's like a whole political philosophy. Mm -hmm. If Bin Laden was anti-Western, which he undoubtedly was, his view appears to have been shaped as much as by the anti-Westernism that is central to woke thinking in the West itself as by traditional Islamist hostility to the West as infidel. Yeah, there. I remember the verse in the Quran that talked about uh, hostility to Westerners and <laughs> yeah. how, how important it was to uh, the faith and all. Right, well, the Quran didn't say that until the CIA printed a new one in Washington state. This is just the dumbest way of saying, don't get the vaccine, it's Sharia law. (laughs) That's exactly, (laughs) And it's such a fucking cocked position to be saying that in Britain. Yes. Given its sensitivity to Western thought, especially anti-Western Western thought, it is not surprising that Al-Qaeda embraced the culture of complaint, too, (laughs) and even the politics of (laughs) (laughs) offense-taking. Do you guys remember the British 9-11? Uh, the, the bus the subway. Bombing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like fifty people died on a bus, and because yeah. they're a smaller country, they were like, "This is the same thing." Equal percentage of the population. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> two thousand seven or something, right? <laughs> and even the politics of offense taking. This again with these fucking conservative journalists. The only thing they can do now is get super pissed off at their Twitter timeline. Like, these people don't know anything else. Let's see Let's see if he brings up uh, how Osama bin Laden was also a proponent of critical race theory. <laughs> <laughs> Alongside bin Laden's reliance on the th- uh, therapeutic categories of humiliation and <laughs> degradation to explain why Al-Qaeda and its violence must exist, his movement also embraced an early version of cancel culture. <laughs> <laughs> Al-Qaeda's second-in-command, Ayman al-Zawahiri... I'm not redoing that. Uh, pursued this theme vigorously in the 2000s. He released numerous statements chastising Western leaders and thinkers for their alleged insults to Islam. I mean, that's fair because uh, they were really going hard with the insults to Islam. They really were going like, pretty hard. Incessantly. Uh, 
Al-Qaeda militias were early adopters of cancel culture. <laughs> Raging <laughs> against that which gives offense. Raging against. What do you think he's trying to uh, elicit there? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Tom Morello is an yeah. Al-Qaeda agent, sir. Thank you. <laughs> and I like that, uh, yeah, Islamic cancel culture is that uh, fucking South Park episode having to, whatever, scrap uh, the, <laughs> the Muhammad. You can't draw Muhammad. <laughs> I mean... That's there's one rule. You just can't draw them. Just don't or whatever. You know, it's like you're 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 almost asking for it if you draw Muhammad. <laughs> you know, it's like there there's he's the only he's the only he's the only guy you can't draw. <laughs> you're right. You could draw literally any other. Like guy. you literally you're 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 being a fucking moron. You know what I mean? You're just trying to make some stupid point. Like you heard it here, folks. Don't draw Muhammad in front of Matt. <laughs> I didn't say I. Oh. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, move on from this one. Continue on with the article. <laughs> Again, this outlook appeared to come less from the external world of realpolitik, of interests and aims, and more from the internal world of feeling and sentiment. (laughs) (laughs) I have argued before that the two mass murderers who carried out the assault on Charlie Hebdo were essentially the armed wing of political correctness. (laughs) That's what this guy is, that's this guy's Uh, position. uh, Yeah, it is all about Charlie Hebdo. It's all about, like, the racist Frenchman Mm -hmm. cartoon daily. Seeking to punish... To cancel those who hurt their feelings. Yep. That's exactly what happened there. They got canceled. And when we disappear people without a trace to Guantanamo Bay, they're canceled from, <laughs> you know, anything. Yeah. Life. The United States has been canceling democratic uh, governments for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, we've been canceling democratic governments throughout the Middle East and <laughs> Central and Latin America. The United States is like, mm, I think this Castro guy looks a little problematic. No, that's a good pivot. All the annoying people who are like Republicans are the actual socialists or whatever. <laughs> just like make it. Yeah, it's cancel culture. Yeah, what yeah, we yeah. did in Granada. Yeah, you've heard of these. <laughs> you've heard of this little group called the National Socialists. <laughs> That Al-Qaeda leaders moved from organizing the worst terrorist attack in history to issuing statements about Muslims' hurt feelings or riding on the coattails of smaller-scale attacks like the one at Charlie Hebdo can, of course, be seen as a sign of how defeated, how shriveled their movement had become in the years after 9-11. I hate how fucking dramatic he tries to write. I hate that he used shriveled because it made me think of a ball sack. <laughs> well, he wanted you to think he was invoking a ball sack. <laughs> he, he was. <laughs> Uh, The war on terror undoubtedly reduced Al-Qaeda's capacity to organize terror events. At the same time, though, there is a logical flow from the uh, apocalypticism. Whatever. I'm not redoing that one either. What is it, like apocalypticism? That's it. That's got to be it. (laughs) to the cheerleading for the Charlie Hebdo attack from Al-Qaeda's use of unprecedented terroristic violence in New York and Washington, D.C. to its angry, finger-wagging statements about malicious Westerners who insult Islam. In all cases, we were witnessing a therapeutic deployment of violence and threats. A therapeutic deployment of violence. Threats, exactly. It's Uh, therapy for them. We are the... (laughs) We are of the divine right of kings. We yeah. can conquer anywhere. Yeah. We should be welcomed as their heroes. It's actually very Freudian, 9-11, if you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. The and penis, they're like two big dicks. Two and big the, penises. And George Bush was like the balls the coming to crush them. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's <laughs> it says a lot about society. <laughs> yeah, It's just so funny to call it therapeutic deployment of violence and uh, threats. Because is that not what the U.S. Could you not say that that's what the U.S. was just doing by, uh, you know, massacring civilians and you know, I mean, showing going you this, to those countries yeah, after nine eleven, nothing you all this to do with them. It was war on the news every day. That's it was basically exa- sold on being therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. We're exactly. gonna go kill a bunch of them. Yeah, we're, gonna we're go number heal. one. Yeah. Don't forget. Yeah. A use of terrorism not to affect certain ends or to make gains in the political universe, but rather to express an amorphous, often unnamed sense of grievance against societies that are viewed as uncaring, insulting, and hurtful. That is, yeah, that's what's happening here. Osama bin Joker? This use of terror as a form of grievance has continued following the sidelining of Al-Qaeda. Recent terror attack... Yeah, the CIA put Al-Qaeda on the sideline. <laughs> Took ISIS out. To yeah, they benched them. Now we have ISIS-L, <laughs> ISIS-K, ISIS-J, L-M-L, ISIS-J-L-N-O. Uh, ISIS-L-G-B-T-Q-I-A-plus. 
<laughs> the woke there politics of I guess uh, that's exactly what he's saying. That's actually, his point. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Recent terror attacks in London, Manchester, Paris, and elsewhere appear to have been motivated as much by the terrorists' cloying sense of victimhood as by their juvenile desire to establish an Islamic caliphate in Europe. <laughs> their juvenile desire. Shut the fuck up, oh dude. Oh my god, this guy's still mad about the Ottomans. <laughs> <laughs> what a childish and foolish plan. <laughs> What is striking is that this terroristic cult of the victim sits neatly alongside a more mainstream cult of the victim. Indeed, mainstream figures sometimes unwittingly flatter terrorists' ridiculous sense of victimhood, their seemingly unlimited capacity for self-pity, by arguing that it is indeed Western society's mistreatment of Muslims that very often pushes them into the arms of Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Well, don't you remember when Rachel Maddow had uh, the the head of uh, ISIS on and said, Honey, you're looking so victim today <laughs> well it's like well then how does al-qaeda recruit they're, they're everyone's always happy when we go places We're yeah the good guys people are happy to see us they're it's, happy when we you know cut off the river that they've been living off of because we need to you know yeah land submarines in it this guy this guy uses the word juvenile but like i mean either is being completely willfully ignorant or is just a sincere baby-brained fucking moron. God, it's as if they don't like us when we're <laughs> when we just show up as conquerors. Yeah, yeah. Create a new government that doesn't really work and isn't something they really ask. Create for. a government in square quotes. Correct square square quotes, not Missy Crane quotes. <laughs> Indeed, the Islamophobia industry in the West has thoroughly mainstreamed the idea of Muslim victimhood and inflamed a culture of grievance among uh, those who believe Islam should never be insulted or even criticized. The Islamophobia industry ripping off Professor Finkelstein. Very amazing. Terrible. <laughs> Heinous. I fucking hate this guy. This guy rules. Islamist terrorism comes across as a violent manifestation of the culture of victimhood. It looks to me like a function, or at least a product, of the ideology of multiculturalism. <laughs> Just getting right down to bare brass here. I am racist. Yeah. Interracial marriage is, is why 9-11 happened, is why my grandkids mm. don't talk to me. Exactly. It's all connected, Danny. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think this guy's grandkid age. He's like, this is why I don't fuck age. <laughs> Uh, of the West's own cultivation of religious and ethnic separatism and the invitation to anti-Western loathing that multiculturalism implicitly makes to certain communities. It is really cocked how, since he's British, the article has to just keep saying Western over yeah. and over yeah, yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, us too! Yeah. You know what else? Also the, me! You know what else he has to keep saying over and over again? Indeed. At <laughs> least seven <laughs> indeeds in this fucking bullshit. Very nice, very <laughs> nice. Uh, Alright, so, we have... Finally come to the last paragraph here, folks. Uh, 20 years on from that terrible day in September 2001, it is worth reflecting on the true and complicated nature of Islamist violence. Yes, anyone who, ta who attacks or plans to attack our society should be ruthlessly pursued and stopped by any means necessary. At the same time, let us explore honestly how the regressive ideologies of identity, victimhood, and censure mix with neo-fundamentalist Islamist dogma to give rise to forms of violence that threaten our lives and liberties. And we cannot do that without freedom of speech, including on everything to do with Islam. Well, tough fucking shit, pussy, you live in Britain. Yeah, you don't have freedom of speech. <laughs> yeah, you Not don't like me, baby. resembling freedom of speech over there. You're going to be put into the gallows for this. Yep. Yeah, eat it, eat it eat a dick. Yeah, fuck you. I can say that. <laughs> with the full backing of the United States government <laughs> and Joe Biden behind yeah, me. Literally. 1A. 1A, baby. 1A. We're, we both have orange mustaches. Uh, we both are wearing I Ireland tracksuits, and you know, we're taking a shit in this fucking moron's mouth. I'll be taking one of my world-famous shits tonight in this moron's <laughs> mouth. You've been saying that all day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's, I thought of it in the shower, Full and circle. it's just so funny to me. <laughs> so uh, this fucking dope, Brendan O'Neill, oh, yeah. he uh, 
I I I Wikipedia'd him. Well, I Googled him. His head is as large as his character makes, though less, <laughs> far less sloped, thankfully, mm-hmm. for him. In I the, don't really in the, care. In the drawing, just to be clear, it looks like uh, one of those penises that is sort of curved at the top. Yeah. Like Bill re- Clinton's penis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, on his Wikipedia page. Once a Trotskyist, O'Neill was <laughs> formerly a member of. <laughs> Let's go. Once a Trotskyist is always the best fucking sentence in the world because it just means was once tricked into selling newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. O'Neill was formerly a member of the Revolutionary Communist Party and wrote for the party's journal, Living Marxism. O'Neill identi- self-identifies as a libertarian Marxist and writes for a range of publications guardian reader much <laughs> views okay he's pro northern ireland okay all right no no not 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 pro northern ireland oh he's, he's, pro, he's anti-unification no he's pro unification okay he's pro there we go <laughs> but my original reaction stands but we get to uh the sexual the sexual abuse part of oh his, uh, man he so he didn't do any sexual abuse but he Wait. uh <laughs> Where's this going? <laughs> it says, in a 2012 Huffington Post article, O'Neill argued against victims of sexual abuse by high-profile individuals like Sir Jimmy Savile, <laughs> coming forward publicly stating, I think there is more virtue in keeping the abuse as a firm part of your past rather than <laughs> offering it up to a scandal-hungry media and abuse-obsessed society that are desperate for more episodes of perversion to pour over. Oh, holy shit. Holy that is shit. true British headmaster syndrome. Just Oh yeah. You must oh, keep yeah. it in your past and never speak about it to anyone. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh right. When was this? What year was this? 2012. And when was he a Trotskyist? <laughs> uh, the 90s. Okay. <laughs> uh, safe uh, to say though he's a firm supporter of uh new labor. I can't find anything about that yet. Probably, though. We can go ahead and assume that, and it doesn't matter if it's libel, because that fucking idiot's in Britain and we're not. (laughs) No, exactly. Make him listen to the headmaster's ritual by (laughs) the Smiths over and over again. He's really just bent on environmentalists. In 2020, in relation to COVID-19, he has argued that it says that, that on this Wikipedia page. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> this pandemic has shown us what life would be like if environmentalists got their way. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't get their way, and it's like this. brother. It's nuts. Well, folks, we stumbled across a once-in-a-lifetime mind here uh, who I'm fairly certain will be reading more of in the future in much less uh, quantity because that was too many stupid ass words yeah let's keep it short uh, dickhead toenail (laughs) and with that (laughs) disgusting disgusting dirty anglos thank you for listening to boomer death squad you can follow us on twitter at boomer death pod we'll have a discord linked in the bio I've been Joe I've been Danny I've been Matt Bye bye see ya toodles I know your feels